Welcome to Healthcare Beat, a healthcare podcast brought to you by Seifroth Shaw's cross-disciplinary healthcare team. Each beat will focus on key industry trends and the latest developments while identifying practical takeaways for those in this space. I'm Adam Lawton, partner in Seifroth's corporate department and host of Healthcare Beat. Let's jump in. Today, we continue our special series focused on CIFAR's recently released publication, The Future of Healthcare in the United States, What a Post-Pandemic Healthcare System Could Look Like. As listeners may know, this is the second edition of our Healthcare Group's signature piece and provides updates and insights into what the post-pandemic world may look like for the healthcare industry. If you haven't seen a copy yet, be sure to reach out. And in the meantime, today's episode is going to be focused on HIPAA and privacy regulation. That is chapter seven of our publication. I'm actually the author of that piece, and so this will be another of our solo episodes. In terms of the big picture, what we were trying to accomplish with this chapter is to think through some of the many ways in which HIPAA and privacy regulation might change in light of the COVID-19 experience. One thing that we've probably all learned through this experience is that HIPAA is widely misunderstood. Just this past week or the week before we were recording this, there was a story, various places in the news about the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, who announced that he had not been vaccinated, even though he may have indicated previously that he had been And someone asked a teammate of his or or someone on the coaching staff if they knew about this difference. And the person said, no, I didn't know. I think that's HIPAA. Well, it is not. And many of us have probably had similar experiences, you know, meeting with friends or talking with people in our workplaces about what can and cannot be shared about tests or vaccinations. And HIPAA always seems to come up, even though it's rarely applicable in these circumstances. And so in terms of the lasting effects, I mean, I I almost want to say that HIPAA is due for some sort of major reckoning, although perhaps that sounds a little too Old Testament. But seeing that the public understands so little about HIPAA, it may be time for HIPAA as a whole to be reexamined. And that's part of what we're trying to do in this chapter. HIPAA has not kept up with the current state of technology. We discuss in the chapter about blockchain. HIPAA doesn't account for the innovations around blockchain and other types of privacy innovations. It hasn't kept up with global privacy standards. So the European privacy laws, GDPR, have really expanded notions of what an individual's privacy are. And American law as a whole has not kept up with that. California is starting to point in that direction, but hasn't quite got that far. And HIPAA has just not kept up. What we got with COVID were a number of waivers of HIPAA requirements or HIPAA regulations, basically examples temporary or supposed to be temporary of ways in which the Office of Civil Rights, which is the office within the Department of Health and Human Services that regulates HIPAA and health information privacy. Basically, them saying, we're not going to enforce this rule temporarily under these circumstances because it would screw up our COVID response. And so those are intended to be temporary. One of the main questions that we ask is, is it going to be temporary? Are they going to essentially build these temporary waivers? 
waivers into the permanent structure of HIPAA? Are they going to claw them back in some way? Are they going to engage in some more formal rulemaking to bring them around? We don't know the answer to that yet. The public health emergency declaration is still in place. It's supposed to expire at the end of the year, but the way these things go, there's practically a 0% chance that it will actually expire or be renewed for 60, 90 days in the future, and then we'll have this discussion again. But I think at least some of the waivers will remain in place. We'll, we'll talk about a couple of those shortly, but that's a big key to what happens with HIPAA next. We could go down the path of doing sort of a wholesale rewrite, or we could just take some of these waivers, look at the experience that providers and plans and others have had during COVID and essentially try to graft them in to the permanent structure of HIPAA. It won't be a complete rewrite, but just sort of patching some holes. In terms of what healthcare organizations or providers need to be aware of that we address in the chapter, there's a couple of things. Some of them are sort of perpetual pieces of advice. They're not particular to our chapter, but make sure that you're keeping up with your risk assessment requirements. When was your last risk assessment? If it was too long ago, have you considered doing another one? Have there been changes in your organization, changes in locations or structure or the way that different parts of your organization work together that you need to do another risk assessment? Doing another risk assessment, it might be onerous, it might be expensive if you need to engage an outside third party to help you, but it's never a bad idea from a compliance standpoint. Examine your HIPAA policies and procedures again. Have you implemented the waivers? Have you needed to implement any of the waivers? Have you interacted with new technologies in a way that might complicate some of your HIPAA compliance? A lot of organizations turned to telemedicine, and that introduces another vector for HIPAA issues. And does your risk assessment, do your policies and procedures account for any of those things? And then finally, just to keep up to date on what's happening, we do expect there to be changes, the waivers for changes, whether they stay in place or not, or expanded or narrowed. Those will be changes just to keep your eye on that ball going forward to see, again, if you need to do another risk assessment, update policies and procedures. I'd like to address three items that we discuss specifically in the chapter. Two of them are specifically around waivers, not necessarily waivers that are currently existing, but something that looking at the COVID-19 experience, we would expect to see going forward. The first is what I am calling a public interest waiver. And so this is something akin to if you live in an apartment building or in a workplace with a lot of people and someone on your floor, someone in your building tests positive for an infectious disease, who can tell you about that? Now, without getting into all the specifics of HIPAA, the individual themselves can always tell you. Information retained simply by employers, not by health plans or an employer's health plan. Employers are not subject to HIPAA, even if they're healthcare providers, so they can talk about members of the workforce. But there may be some sort of expanded public interest waiver. There's currently a public health waiver, but it really matters who can those disclosures be made to. So right now under the public health waiver, you can make disclosure to public health agencies. Well, when can public health agencies make disclosure to people who are potentially affected? Or when can covered entities make disclosures to people that are potentially infected or potentially affected by an infectious disease in a setting that would otherwise 
under HIPAA not allow for disclosure. That's something to keep an eye on. I think everybody's been sensitized to getting the email from your kid's school saying somebody in your first grader's class has tested positive for COVID and that sort of throwing your whole routine into flux. The second item is expansions to a research waiver. Research can be difficult to do under HIPAA, particularly research using individual health records. There are some additional requirements and authorizations associated with the use of health information for research purposes. Obviously, seeing the rapid turnaround of first testing and then vaccines has emphasized the need to be able to, in a pandemic environment, flip around research very quickly. Some of that can be done within the existing strictures of HIPAA, but there's going to be a large body of patient data out there on people who've been infected, people who've been treated with various things. And now how do we use that? Can we use that? Do we use it? Maybe it's not a how, but an if question. Can we turn that around somehow and use that for productive research in the future? What would HIPAA allow it's something worth considering whether there's going to be some sort of expanded research waiver, especially when it deals with sort of looking forward to other pandemic experiences. The final piece of the article, which we added in because I think this is maybe the closest and least hypothetical of our predictions about the future of HIPAA isn't necessarily even tied into the COVID-19 experience at all, but it's nevertheless very important. OCR, the Office of Civil Rights, did over the past several years a number of audits HIPAA compliance, particularly around what it calls the right of access, meaning the right of individual patients to get access to their own records and various things around that. How much do they charge for them? How do you authorize that? How do they verify who you are to know which records to give you? And needless to say, the audits found a number of problems. A lot of providers were, in many cases, woefully out of compliance with HIPAA requirements. They were charging too much or not giving people access to their own records when they asked and when their identities were easily authenticated. And so HIPAA basically said, we're going to be keeping an eye on this and we expect everybody to get much better at it. And so I would keep an eye on changes that may come out, and these may be sooner rather than later, that don't really have anything to do with COVID-19 or the response or any of the items that I've mentioned previously, but are really a direct follow-up to these audit results. I think OCR's overall experience over a number of years has been that while they've been very clear in here are HIPAA rules, there have been a couple of major rules they've been put out there. There are a number of resources, FAQs and other things that they've put out to help that along. Providers are in many cases not really taking it seriously to the degree that OCR hopes and haven't achieved the kind of compliance that OCR was hoping for. And they do want to remind providers that they are keeping an eye out for this and they do expect a better level of compliance. So I would say that more than anything and most recently is probably the number one issue to keep an eye on. That will probably be the next rulemaking that comes out with HIPAA around those issues that were found in the audit, not necessarily around the COVID stuff. The COVID stuff may come down the line, but may be a more holistic look about what are we even doing with health information privacy in the United States. 
Thank you for joining us today for another edition of SciFarts Healthcare Beat Podcast, bringing you the latest developments and pressing issues in healthcare. So you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to visit SciFarts.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We look forward to having you with us again soon.